the last couple of weeks preparing for, for today, uh, you know, we've had this entire series, uh, this entire series called Let There Be Joy, really trying to bring joy back into the holidays to relieve some of the stress, to remind us that this is about good stuff, amen, that this is about hope and purpose and life and love. And through all of that, just kind of reflecting on the year, reflecting on the things that have happened the last couple of years, the things that have happened in my life this year at South Point, uh, in our culture, in our country. And, you know, there's so many good things. I, am a, I try to always be a glass half full kind of person. You know what I mean? There, it's all perspective. It's how you look at it. So I try to force myself to always look correctly. But when I look at the big picture of the world, I, I, I just see how, how things are going more chaotic. And I think about, here's what I've thought about. This is, isn't this a great start to a Christmas message right here? Thinking about how chaotic the world is, but we'll get there. Let me tell you, that's exactly the way it was in the beginning when God said there needs to be a change. That's exactly how it was. And today I want to I wanna share with you some Christmas stories that maybe have not ever been shared on Christmas weekend. Would that be all right? You know me, I'm a little bit different. I like to do things to mix it up a little bit. But, but here's what I'm going to say today. I think this is just as important of a Christmas story. This is the reason behind the Christmas stories in Matthew chapter 2 and Luke chapter 2. Let, let me read you one real quick. Genesis chapter 1. Do you know the Christmas story starts there? Listen to this. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And here in verse 3, everything changes. It says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God, God said, I don't like it just being dark, right? And he saw the need to interject light into this. And this was the beginning of the Christmas story. I'm going to connect some dots here in a minute. But this light is the beginning of that. That, that God spoke, let there be light, as his first words we have recorded in the Bible. Let there be light. Everybody say, let there be light. Oh, don't you, don't you wish just by us saying it, it would happen every time? Just like God. God said, let there be light, and there was light. We need light. Isn't it amazing how much just a little bit of light can help us? You just When it's pitch black out somewhere, a little bit of light can help. I remember when I was 16 years old, living in Clinton, Oklahoma, going to high school out there in Clinton. And some friends of mine, they said, hey, we're going to go out. We have, we have this place that a friend of a friend of a friend probably all lies. But anyways, we know this place, and it's called the Bat Caves. I don't know if you've ever been to the Bat Caves out south of Weatherford, but there's some Bat Caves out there. And they're in this, some, there's hills, there's three or four different caves. And we went out there, and there was about a dozen guys, and they had a big bonfire going, and the gate was unlocked and open, so assumed everything was fine. We went in and hung out. And one of my buddies uh, his name is Denny, and I'll leave that. Y'all can just look up the rest of his name on my Facebook, all right, and comment on him. But Denny said, hey, you know what? I'm going to go through the back cave from one side of the hill to the other. It's, it's only about 100 yards on the inside from one side to the other. He said, you want to go? I said, uh, sure, I'll go. And nobody else would go. I should have thought something was up right then. But so I grabbed an old flashlight, you know, the good old ones with, a, with an actual light bulb, no LED, a couple of batteries that you may have to take out and rub really fast on your leg to get them to work again, shake the battery, hit it, all that kind of stuff. I have one flashlight, Denny has a flashlight, and we go into the back case. And when you start walking in, the room is like 
eight foot tall by eight foot wide. It's awesome. And you walk in, and we got our lights. I'm like, this is super cool. And then it gets a little shorter and a little shorter. After about 20 or 30 feet, you have to get on your hands and knees and crawling. And there's a couple of places where it gets about this deep, and you have to, you know, this shallow, and you have to kind of go under. And as long as I got my flashlight going. And then we come to a spot where there's some water. And then he says, oh, I've been through here a lot of times. I'll... Uh, I'll go under, there's a, it's just a little low spot, and I'll go under, and there's a room on the other side. We'll go into that other side, and uh, I'll come back and let you know if it was good. Denny was nuts. He was crazy, in a, in a real adventurous kind of way, Denny, if you're watching. And so I said, I'm not going in the water unless I know. I don't know what's on the other side of that. So he goes under and swims his, with his flashlight in a Ziploc baggie. All right, we both got him in Ziploc. We go under the water. He comes back after about 30 seconds. Yeah, there's a room over there. There's a big floor. We can even stand up over there. I'm like, whew, okay. So we swim under, go under, the, go under the little spot there. We're about 50 yards in. When, I, when I'm coming to the conclusion, I'm not enjoying this anymore. This is too creepy. There's bugs. There's, uh, you know, all kinds of frogs. There's snake skins, which means there's snakes. There's all that kind of stuff. And so we, we actually... Go under another water thing, another place where all their water was. And this was about a 10-foot swim. And I just knew as I'm swimming under this water, like pulling the gravel underneath me and trying to get to the other side, I just knew this is it. This is, they're going to have to come find my body and I'm going to be dead. This is how I'm going out at 16. It just proves how intelligent I am. My dad's going to say, I told you so at my funeral. I knew what was fixing to happen. And... I'm going, and, and I'm looking, I keep opening my eyes, because I'm looking, for, when Denny said, when he comes out of the water, he'll shine his light, and so I'm going and going, and just bounce off of the gravel, and I come up, and like, what are you doing? How come you didn't shine your light? I'm freaking out, and he goes, my, my bag leaked, and my flashlight's dead. I'm like, we, have, we just have mine? That's like, we have one light left. I said, let's, let's go back, and he said, no, 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 we're more, more than halfway there. If we're going out the other side, it opens up, and then we can just walk over the mountain, you know, or the hill. It's only about 100 yards through and a couple of hundred over. Like, okay, okay. So we get to going, and my flashlight dies. And we were kind of like, ha, 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 of course. <laughs> let's fix this, you know, and you're just pounding it on everything. Okay, let's pray, Lord, we need light right now, you know. All, everything we could do, we swapped batteries, we dried it out, everything, no light. Now, I don't know if you've ever been underground with no light, but you can't see this. Like, you, you can't see anything. Now I'm for sure we're dead. And Denny's like, no big deal, just follow me. And I can't see him. I don't know how big the room is. I don't know if there's like sharp stalactites pointed down to skew us as we go through. So now we're going through the cave like this. Oh, we're making good time. <laughs> we're going like this, and I am threatening him. I'm telling him what a terrible friend he is, that I'll never do anything with him again, which was a lie. Um, Y'all have heard my noodling story. That was with Denny. Um, all, all of these kind of things. And after about an hour, we finally make our way to a bend in the cave, and, and we're up on our feet, which I'm very excited. I'm like, at least I can stand up, and we make our way. And when I turn the corner, I remember seeing, like, what is that? And we could just see a little bit of moonlight shining on, like, the door or the, the entrance. And I almost started crying. <laughs> if it hadn't been Denny, who's a tough guy, I would have probably started crying. But I just remember going, 
that right there, that little just faint shape, that's my sign of hope. I'm not going to die. And sometimes when I, when I read the scriptures that talk about Jesus being the light, I think of a couple of moments like that in my life where I just can look out of that cave and I can see like, oh, there's a little bit of moonlight. And then instead of freaking out and running out, I'm like, okay, be cautious. Don't get skewered by a stalactite if there's any. And worked our way out. And I remember, and he goes, you want to go back through? No. Nope. And I... He said, I'm going to go back through. And he started walking, kind of like inching his way back in. I was like, something's wrong with that guy. And I just started climbing up the hill and went over the hill and went back. And about 15 minutes later, here he came. He went into the first water thing, and then he kind of chickened out too and came back. But I'll never forget sitting by that campfire, dripping wet, muddy, all that kind of stuff, and thinking what that light was like when I got a glimpse of that. And how, I mean, I thought, I thought this, very, this is how people die. I mean, this is the story. If it ended... And they never found them for two weeks, and then the coyotes found them or something. That would have been, that could have been very logical. That could have been my story. But because we saw some light, it changed our hope. It changed our perspective. It changed everything. And I think that's why today I still love, I have a, we have a, a walk-in closet. And then on the side of that closet, we have like an old utility closet just, that's kind of just for storage. But I leave the light on in that closet 24-7. It's an LED bulb. Don't worry. It'll stay there forever. But... It, it gives me some peace, some hope that there is, there's constantly going to be some light. Let me ask you this before you judge me. Anybody else sleep with a nightlight in here? Come on, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Lord, make them honest right now. Yeah, a couple. You call it a lamp in the entryway. I see. Uh-huh. Okay. It's the same thing. But so I read Genesis chapter 1, and I go, this God speaks, this is the Christmas story. Genesis 1, when I saw darkness and I said, let there be light, that's the character of God. That's the attitude. Like, I don't like it just being dark. I want some light in there. And then you read over in John chapter 12, and it says, I have come into the world, Jesus speaking, I have come into the world as a light, so no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. You understand, like, that's from the beginning. Jesus is saying, the reason I came is to be your light. The, the world without me is dark. It's rough. When he, came, when he came into that Bethlehem, that holy land area, it was ruled by Romans. They were occupied by Romans. It wasn't their leaders in charge. It was Roman leaders in charge. Jesus understood when he was telling them, I came to be your light. I came to be your light. God saw the situation in your life. Come on now, I'm going to preach. Y'all need to help me out. I, God saw the situation in your life, and he sent me to be your light. To lead you out of the cave. You know what I mean? I know you think you're going to die, but you're not going to die. The light's here. It's here to rescue you. It's here to give you hope. It's here to lift your perspective and change it from glass half empty to glass half full. You know what I'm saying? I'm here to give you hope is what Jesus said. And then, and then you keep reading in John. You read the first chapter in John. Listen, Listen to this and see if this doesn't sound like John giving us his version of the Christmas story. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He's talking about Jesus. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing that has been made, nothing was made that has been made. And in him, here we go, we're going to connect some dots, all right? In him was life. We're talking about Christmas here. And that life was the light of all mankind. All the light that's in your life, it's, it's from him. Amen? 
And that light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay. I'm going to give you a little hope this morning. Can I just tell you, it doesn't matter what area of your life has had darkness put into it, injected into it, happened into it. It could be your marriage. But can I tell you some good news about your marriage? Darkness hasn't overcome it. There's light for that marriage. In your job, in your career, I know it can seem dark sometimes. Probably all of our employees here at South Point feel the same way. But I tell them, there's light coming. She'll be here about 10, all right? (laughs) Just kidding. In, In your job... Let me, let me tell you, I understand. I understand what, what working for somebody is like. I understand that. And sometimes it can be a rough situation. But can I just bring you some hope and tell you that the light is here and darkness has not overcome your situation? The light has come to overcome it. And let me tell you one, one last little story. And then we're going to light some candles. We're going to sing another song. But something happened a couple of weeks since I was preparing this message today. And... A, a verse that had never been a part of a story in my mind had become a story, had become part of the story. And it's in John chapter 8. I'm not going to read it all to you. I'll paraphrase it. But in John chapter 8, the first 11 verses are the, is the story about the woman caught in adultery. I know, it's a great Christmas story, right? But we'll get there. The woman caught in adultery. The, the religious leaders bring this woman to Jesus in the first 11 verses and throw her at Jesus' feet and says, Listen. The law says that this woman caught in adultery should be stoned. What do you say? They're trying to trick Jesus. See what he would say. Jesus kneels down and he starts writing in the sand. And, he say, and they say one more time, Jesus, what do you say? The law says you should, you should stone a person caught in adultery. Jesus keeps writing and then he stands up. And I want you to understand, these guys have softball to cantaloupe-sized rocks in their hand. If Jesus says, you're right, carry it out. You're right, she's guilty. One of the most gruesome scenes in the Bible is fixing to happen. They're going to throw rocks at this woman until she can no longer live. And But Jesus, when he stands up, he doesn't say that. You remember what he says? He says, how about this? That's kind of the, I'm going to interject a little Morris in here, okay? How about this? How about the one of you that is without any sin, you throw the first stone? Everybody say, got him. There's just awkward silence like that. Probably no phones ringing, nothing like that. (laughs) Awkward silence. And then the story goes on. It says one of the guys dropped his rock and walked off. He knew. He knew. He's guilty like everybody else, right? And the next person, and the next person, and the next person, and the next person, and the next guy, and the next religious leader, and the next person. And when they were all gone, Jesus looked at her and he said, hey, where are your accusers? And she said, there are no more. And he said, then I do not judge you either. I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. You realize that they said Jesus would come with grace and truth. Neither do I judge you. Grace. Go and sin no more. Truth. But here's what this part of the story that I never connected. I always stopped there because in my Bible, there's like, they hit enter twice. You know, it bumped the next story down. But it's the same thing. Jesus was talking to a crowd. They brought the woman. Then when the woman walks off, he turns and starts addressing the crowd. And listen to what he says. Last last verse of the day. 
verse 8, John chapter 8, verse 12, I mean. When Jesus spoke again to the people, so he, go and sin no more, and then he turns and starts speaking to the people. Jesus spoke to the people. He said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. You don't have to walk in darkness. You don't have to walk in darkness. Thank you, Lord. I don't have to walk in darkness. I don't have, well, I was born into this situation. It doesn't matter. You don't have to stay in it. You don't have to walk your life out in it. Well, the, the, they handed this to me. The situation happened. It was out of my control. Awesome. Glass half full or half empty. The half full size side says, I don't have to walk in darkness anymore. Because I follow Christ, and he is the light of the world. Amen? I've never connected those two together. And in this story, this rough, tumble, gruesome story that I have so many questions about. I want to have a conversation with Jesus about John chapter 8. And at the end of it, he says, hey, remember this. I'm the light of the world. I come so that you don't have to walk in darkness. If you're walking in darkness today, Jesus said, why don't you follow me, and we're going to walk right out of this cave, and I'll show you where the light's at. Amen? I love that. I love that part of the story. And it's just like in the beginning when God said, let there be light. He's saying that again today. In just a minute, we're going to light candles. Very symbolic. That's what this is today. Our candlelights are very symbolic of the light of the world. But can I tell you, like, my prayer today, my prayer today is not that you would just celebrate Christmas. Okay? Are you with me? Everybody, look at my big old brown eyes. My goal is that you don't just celebrate Christmas, that you'd experience it. You don't just hold the light. You'd follow it. But you don't live in darkness. Darkness is going to come at you. Jesus said you don't have to walk in it. You can walk in light. You can walk in light. I looked up the definition for the word let. Where God said to them again, let there be light, and there was light. And Merriam-Webster's dictionary, definition number four, says permit to enter. Let there be light. And I think about that for each of us. Will you, will you let him enter your life? I believe Jesus right now for every one of us, even if you're not living for him, is on the outside. He's, he's here. If you're not living for Jesus, he's still here. He's still trying to nudge you and guide you and arrange things so that it leads you back to him. But if, you're, if you say, yes, Lord, let there be light in my life. Let there be light in my life. I don't want to walk in darkness. Even when it comes and encroaches in on me, even when somebody turns out the light, that's all right. I'm going to keep walking, and I'm going to walk right out of that darkness into light every single time. Amen? But we have to permit him to. We have to permit him to. That's the difference in just celebrating Christmas, singing some songs, and singing about your life. This next song, it could either be something that you have no idea what it's about, or it could be, that's me. That's me that we're singing about. We're singing about Jesus the light of the world, who I follow, who led me out of darkness. I can't imagine when I think about that cave and the bats that are in there and all the stuff that we went through that night, super funny, super scary, all that together. I can't imagine living like that. And Jesus said, you don't have to. I come to be your light. And he who follows me will never walk in darkness again, but will have the light of life.
Amen? I want us today to celebrate that, to experience that. Would you close your eyes with me? And let's, before we get our candles and light them, let's pray. And if you're in this room and you say, you know what, I have, I have been in darkness way too long. I'm tired of not living with light. Tired of not being able to see and having life in me. Then as I pray today, will you just tell him that? Tell him that same thing. Lord, I'm letting you come into my life today. That's me. Forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord. Be my light. Jesus, we love you today. I thank you so much. I believe there are people in this room, Lord, that have been looking for many years, months, weeks, and days for the light in this world. They, they, they're experiencing the darkness of it right now, and they are longing to walk out of that darkness into light. And I pray that today, that same love that compelled you to step out of heaven and into the, this earth would change their lives forever today, Lord. That December 23rd, 2018 would be the day that they opened up their heart and they let Jesus come in and lead them in life. That they let the light of the world come in and lead them out of darkness. And Lord, I pray in return you would forgive them of their past, that you would remove anxieties and and pains and hurts, and that you would give them hope and replace that, Lord, with purpose and replace it with kindness and forgiveness. And from this day forward, they would walk in the light of life that we celebrate every Christmas. We love you, Lord. It's in your name that we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Well, let's do that now. Let's do that. In your seat, where you're seated, to the right, in the chair in front of you, right on the little metal rail, on most every chair, there should be a candle. Moms and dads, you can help us out depending on how old your kid is. We have some little battery-operated ones if they're too little for a flame. We have some battery-operated ones. If you'll kind of wave at us, we'll get you one of those. Our ushers will help you out. Is that right? Ushers, do we have, Tracy, do we have some of those? Battery, oh, they're handing them out over here. They're going to do that. So when they come by, and here's what we need you to do. Don't tilt the lit candle, if you will, because that'll get wax on you, and you don't want that. Hold the lit candle straight and take the unlit candle and light it from your neighbors and just work it right down the row. They're new, so they may take a light or two. It's the best. Do we, do we need some more of the kid ones? Raise your hand. We need a couple. Russell, we have a couple right over here that need the battery-operated ones. Raise your hand one more time if you need one of those. Right here in front. want to make sure everybody gets one. The reason we have those battery-operated ones, because right back in this area, about four or five years ago, one of our little girls during the song was singing. And her hair went across the candle, and her hair cut on fire, and her dad took her and slammed her against the wall to put the fire out. Not really, but that's what it felt like as the pastor watching that happen. It's like, no. So, tonight, today, this morning, we're going to sing, we're going to celebrate, and can y'all help me with this? And we're going to experience We're going to experience the light of life in our lives. Would you stand with us, please, and let's sing together.